Welcome to Irish Spirits, a podcast about folklore and drinking, a natural Venn diagram of Irish culture. Each week we will have a theme, whether it's ghosts, fairies, or mythical creatures. We will discuss the stories and lore, all while drinking a themed cocktail made by our phantom bartender. Happy New Year, everyone, such as it is. I'm Alex Buckley, and I'll be solo tonight in my very own mini-sode, Part 3, while we prepare for our post-Christmas full episodes. Sadly, we still can't meet in person because, funnily enough, the year changing from 2020 to 2021 did not solve all our problems. Let's keep our fingers crossed for later this year. Laura and Quiva's minisodes were entertaining and well-researched stories by two people skilled in a detail-orientated, thoughtful style of writing. While I hope you did not get too used to that, because I am as good at historical research as they are at making Irish coffees. Tia Maria in a white coffee. Oh guys, at least use whiskey. On that point, and because I missed out on contributing to our Christmas podcast, I will point you in the direction of Teeling Whiskey's Irish coffee recipe, which you can find on their website, teelingwhiskey.com. They use a spiced stout syrup that they provide the recipe for. It is amazing, and if you get a chance to try it in their bar at the distillery, do it. I think these minisodes have become a good excuse for trying the best in Irish craft beer, so I'm going to continue by drinking a Rascal's Big Smoke which is a limited edition beer by Rascals, brewery based in Inchicore in Dublin and set up in 2014. So this is an imperial stout, which roughly means a stronger than normal stout. And on top of that, uh, this beer has also been finished in whiskey barrels from Dubliner's Whiskey. So a Dublin beer in all respects. The term Big Smoke in Ireland is what Dublin was and sometimes is still referred to, though not quite as smoky as in the Victorian era when the term was allegedly coined. It's true that any major city in the UK or even wider British Empire is probably referred to as the Big Smoke at some point, but it's curiously difficult to pinpoint when this term became used widely in either England or Ireland. If you know, please do email. Anyway, in this case, I mean Dublin. You'd expect a good smoky taste from an imperial stout, and this one definitely delivers. So I've chosen this Dublin-centric beer as a link to my ghost story for this episode. Well, it's not just a ghost story, but a story of one of Dublin's most haunted, or at the very least, most death-adjacent pubs. John Cavanagh's, better known as the Gravediggers. John Cavanagh's is located at the southeast tip of Glasnevin Cemetery's wall, which until the 1970s was the main entrance. It first opened in 1833, which apparently is a year after the cemetery was opened for burial to Irish people of all faiths. Though presumably all fates of 1833 Ireland was primarily Protestant and Catholic? Uh, this, of course, means that ghosts of all denominations were, are welcome to haunt the cemetery and the Gravedigger's pub. A promotional pamphlet for the pub describes it as a workingman's bar of straight-talking and creamy pints, a generational mix of customers from all walks of life trading tales, which might give you an idea of the kind of no-nonsense traditional pub that we're dealing with here. This was your place for a quiet, sombre pint post-funeral, or as the name gives away, a place for the Gravediggers in Glasnevin to come after a long shift. It's been in the Kavanagh family since it was gifted to the OG Kavanagh by his father-in-law as a wedding gift. Not a bad old present, really. And it's and in its almost 200 years, they've never owned a phone or sound system. And there's strictly no song and dance allowed. I really think this place sounds more appealing the more you read about it. One story goes that when musician Luke Kelly died and the famous faces that were at the funeral, which includes U2, the Chieftains and the remaining Dubliners, came to the pub, instruments in hand, they were promptly told no music or singing by then-owner Eugene Kavanagh, thus saving the other patrons from having their quiet pint ruined. Legend. So, Alex, this is just the history of an awesome pub. Where are the spirits as per your podcast name, I hear you ask? Well, don't worry, I'll get to that now. Historian Kieran Wallace, author of what sounds like a very interesting book, Grave Matters, Death and Dying in Dublin, 1500 to the Present, who also worked briefly in the pub in the 70s, is one person who's convinced of the supernatural presence in the establishment. 
His favourite story is what happened to Jack Kavanagh and his dog while they were locking up and counting the tills one night. He describes it as follows. One evening, as Uncle Jack Kavanagh locked up and counted the day's till, he let the bad-tempered Alsatian in. The dog was such a grump that he was never allowed inside the pub when customers were around, but he was decent enough with Jack. He probably added some extra protection when counting the money too. Jack had to go upstairs for a moment, says Wallace. But on returning to the door to the bar, he met the dog, hackle raised, growling and backing out of the bar. Jack presumed there were robbers inside, but he saw nobody. He tried to get the dog to attack, but the dog was too scared and would not go inside the bar area. Some unseen thing had terrified a very aggressive dog. Jack locked the internal door, left the money on the counter, and put the dog outside. He went up to the bed for an uncomfortable night's sleep. In the morning, the cat was all there, and the dog was happy to be let out the back. Spooky. There are more supernatural occurrences where that came from. Anne, the front of house manager, has her own ghost story from when she and the family lived above the original bar. As she was falling asleep, a young brown-haired girl appeared at the foot of her bed. Describing the experience, she says, I kept blinking and blinking, and realised quickly that I was still awake. There she was, in a white nightdress with a frilly collar, puffed up shoulders and long sleeves. She just smiled at me, then she was gone. During the time that Eugene was running the pub, he was visited by a repeat ghost known as the Man in Tweed, which sounds truly terrifying. Late one night, when Eugene was closing up and trying to clear stragglers from the bar, the Man in Tweed made his first of many appearances. Eugene was telling the remaining patrons to get back to their homes, but they responded that it was unfair that the old lad at the end of the bar got to stay, nursing his Guinness. Now Eugene claimed he knew every pint he served that night, and figured they were just messing with him. I'd have served him that pint, and I haven't served anyone a Guinness, Eugene would say. Look, there's nobody there, and no one was, but an empty glass of Guinness sat at the bar. The patrons described what he looked like, a little pointy beard and a wristwatch with a chain that led to his waistcoat, a real Victorian look. Now because of his run-ins with the supernatural, Eugene brought in mediums and hosted seances, and even invited some ghost hunters... Uh, unfortunately, I can't find any evidence about how this went, but nearly all the cabinets have a tale or two about closing up late with a scared dog or a mysterious empty Guinness. So obviously talking about a haunted Dublin pub is very on-brand for the podcast, but we should all be taking the time this year to really celebrate and talk about our love for the pubs of Dublin, I think, and Ireland as a whole. Soon it'll have been a whole year of partial or full closure for pubs around Ireland, and every one of them is suffering. Of course, Ireland has a complicated history with alcohol, but our pubs are a really important part of our cultural heritage, and if you're listening to this, I hope you can raise a pint to their future survival. My great hope is that they all come back stronger than ever. Like Quiva and Laura, I haven't had much time to actually drink my stout. I didn't want Laura to have to edit out dozens of pauses where I take a gulp. Thanks for the editing, Laura, you're the best. But I can tell you, it packs a nice punch. It's rich and smoky, as good imperial stouts should be. And then you get a great warming whiskey flavour on the finish from that ageing in Dubliner whiskey barrels. So it's a delicious warming beer for this freezing weather we're having outside right now. I think it's sub-zero at the moment. Hopefully later this year the three of us will be united again, and maybe a group trip to the Gravediggers is on the cards. Here's hoping. may seem bleak now, but I still have plenty of hope for this new year. So thank you for listening to the Irish Spirits Podcast. This podcast is written and produced by Quiva Creed, Laura Fitzsachary, and Alex Buckley. The sources for this episode were BBC Travel, AtlasObscure.com, and The Irish Times. And a particular shout-out to the journalist Valentina Valentini, who collected the first-hand haunting accounts that I used. Uh, also a very cool name. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at irishspiritspodcast at gmail.com, tweet us at irishspiritspod, or best bet on Instagram at irishspiritspodcast.